On this episode of A State of Control, we get to welcome in some of the women who are in the AV programming world. In honor of International Women's Month, we are talking with three women who can speak with us about what it's like to be a woman in AV, how can more women get into the industry, and specifically, uh, what does the future look like and hold for AV programmers? All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. A state of control, episode 92. Blue polo shirts. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Middle Atlantic. What great systems are built on. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So we're recording this episode in March of 2022, which also happens to be International Women's Month. So although this isn't coming out in March, please bear with us. And what we want to do is highlight some of the women who are really uh, recognizable programmers in the industry. Some you may, you may or may not know, but we, we want to hear a little bit about their perspectives and, uh, and, and also celebrate them a little bit. And before I get to introduce them, first I'm going to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control, and he's none other than Rich Fergoza. Hey, Rich, how are you? Hey, Mellow West Coast greetings. So I kind of view it this way. It's like, you know, people have a birthday month, so we're just going to stretch it all the way through. We're just going to take over April already. So that's right. That's right. So it's it. You know, it's the pro it's it, it is a prolonged event. So make saving the best for last in April. Without a doubt. So first off, I'd like to uh, introduce our one guest uh, who has is a returning guest and was last with us in episode 82, and her name is Hope Roth, and she's from Reardon Brothers. Welcome, Roth. Welcome, Hope. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, next, I'd like to uh, welcome Caitlin Sullivan, and she is with QSC. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. And last but not least, um, I actually, this one is something that I, I have to take a little bit of pride in. It's the first time on this show that I get to welcome somebody from my own company. So I'd uh, like to introduce Victoria Grupp, and she's with Control Concepts. Welcome, Victoria. Hey there. It's nice to be here. Thanks for being here. So it's no secret that our industry is very much male-dominated. I think that that's, uh, that, that, that's uh, easy to be uh, determined, and I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. And when you, when you boil it down, um, the AV programming side of it is probably even more male-dominated, which is unfortunate. Um, so, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, and we're going to also talk about um, s some of the things that are, are just uh, mainstay topics here uh, w with regard to programming on a state of control. But Rich, first, I, I just want to help you, let you uh, help me get the conversation started and talk about how, how can we do some things um, from our perspective to, to really close this gap a little bit and, and you know, make this conversation so it doesn't have to be so, so um, 
you know, one or the other, you know, it, it, programmers should all be, um, a, a, you know, like a, 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 a big group of, you know, mixed diversity and so forth. Um, I, I'd say probably first start with any application. You can only put like your first name as your, like as an initial. So, <laughs> you know, at that point, you know, it's going to be quality work. No, I, and more than anything else. I mean, I, I view it as, you know, the, the, the STEM movement for women really needs to be recognized, supported, encouraged. You know, you know full well my wife's in education, has been in education for a long time and, and came from a, a STEM background and taught a STEM background. And so, you know, it's not that the talent pool isn't there. It's just, it, I mean, again, it's it's gender equity inclusion, right? It's, it, it is that constant conversation and as, as an industry that we step away from because it is uncomfortable. Uh, and that's the whole purpose of this month. And I mean, I, I really commend Avixa for taking that approach. And, and you know, it's, you'll get eye rolls, you know, with, with you know, about the, the, the break in the bias, but it's true. You've got to focus on actively, how are you approaching it as an employer? How are you approaching it as an employee? How are you approaching it as an industry member? You have to question your own bias. We, we constantly talk on this show uh, or, you know, like Uncle Richie tends to opine about being ruthless with your weaknesses. That's not only your technical chops. That has to do with your professional approach. How are you treating inclusion? How are you treating coworkers? How are you treating coworkers? Again, from, from that equity and inclusion space. And the generation of programmers and business owners haven't necessarily been taught that conversation level yet. I'm excited for the new generation coming in. I look at my son who's in middle school and that is a large part of their conversation and a focus and, and their outlook. We have to work at it harder <laughs> from an industry standpoint. We do, we have to double down on it because we did not, it, it was not a natural conversation. And so this generation currently has to actively focus on the difficult conversations because you're the ones who have to lay the groundwork for the ones behind you who are already comfortable with it. So, you know, the, the, the good news about being at the, at the, the leading edge of the bleeding edge, you're used to being uncomfortable. Add this to it. I hope uh, I, I know that this is something that is, is important to you and, you know, and you've been very, very uh, active and outspoken about, um, how, how do we you know, br bring younger people into the industry? How do we bring different voices? And how, how do we um, also make this, the industry a, little, a lot more attractive to people? And that, that's, that's a common thing. I think we, we're, we, we need more people in the industry and, and we certainly need more women in, in all different types of roles. Um, so, so I guess let's first start with what, 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 um, is important to you, uh, that that's drawn you here and, and kept you in, 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 as part of the AV industry. And, and, um, you know, we, we can follow up beyond that, you know, as to programming itself, you know, what, 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 what's really been that, that, uh, gravitating force. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I think like most people in the AV industry, I took kind of a circuitous path. Um, I started out in a computer science program and then had the uh, misfortune to graduate in the middle of a reception recession that had been sort of kicked off by the dot-com bubble bursting. So there were just 
the market was flooded with comp sci kids and I, you know, everyone wanted five years of experience. And so I just sort of drifted, um, worked in IT at Tufts University and started to take on more support of our classrooms, discovered I really loved it. Um, I like the hands-on part of what we do. I like the tangible nature of what we do. Um, and then someone found out I had a degree in computer science and said, well, you could be programming these classrooms. And so that kind of pulled me into the programming side of things. Um, but it was definitely, you know, I've meandered my way through the industry to getting to where I am right now, um, which I think is the way a lot of people get into the industry as they sort of fall into it. And I think our industry needs to be a little more intentional about how we pull people in, um, not not just because um, of, um, you know, the, I mean, the diversity part of it is huge, but also like we're just not going to get people in the industry. So from a from a sort of selfish standpoint, even if you don't care about diversity and gender equality and all that, which are things that I care very passionately about. But even just from a self-serving perspective, I think we need to think about how people wind their way into our industry. And then um, as an industry, I think we need to think about who we're asking to step up. Um, you know, I was very fortunate that someone said to me, well, you could program these systems. And that's actually something that I've said to somebody else, Victoria Barella, who um, I used to work with, had no idea that there was something called an AV programmer. Um, just because when you're young, you don't under, you know, someone has to tell you that. But um, a lot of unconscious bias comes into play where someone looks at someone like me and says, oh, you'd be great at marketing. Oh, you'd be great at, you know, whatever. And that is not a knock on people who are in marketing because, I don't think we give them enough credit for how much they actually have to know about the products. But, you know, people never look at the woman who's sitting at the front desk and she's touching every single piece of, you know, what's going on at your company. Maybe she would be a good project manager or, you know, um, other people who are sort of in more administrative roles get looked over or people who just don't look like your typical AV guy look over, get looked over. And instead of having people sort of get you know, promoted from within, we need to, we need to think more about, you know, who, who quote unquote looks like an AV person who, who would be good at, at a role to, to take more responsibility on. I, I, I definitely agree with, with all of what you're saying there. I, I'm going to, um, Caitlin, I'm going to bring you into this because I know that you've been in a, a number of different roles and, you know, but, you know, not only programming, but also in, uh, in engineering capacity. And, um, well, is is there a path is there a way you know an entry point for someone who's a woman who who can um can, can find a way that they can um be guided i guess to uh to to a career on the technical side is or any any recommend recommendations you could provide yeah i mean similar to hope i have a um a weird route of getting into the AV industry i think she nailed it on the head um i started doing AutoCAD drawings for AVISPL in Orlando for theme parks, you know, and then I was on construction sites and theme parks. And as Hope mentioned, there's a lot of just like, well, I have a question about these drawings and they just look past me and it's like, well, she's the engineer. And they're like, wait, what, who, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think just, uh, again, pausing, uh, taking that moment kind of as Hope was alluding to of if you're looking in a room of people and you see people who you think could be engineers or may not be engineers or could be whatever role they're serving in that moment, um, maybe take a beat, maybe take a beat and uh, figure out who's, whose role is what before you make some assumptions. Cause I think that's a very easy way to pass over people. Um, and it's a very easy way to kind of passively encourage people to pass over themselves as well. 
um, I think, uh, in terms of getting into the industry. It's true. It's, it's a very weird industry that people don't talk about very much, which is kind of interesting, especially now that we see people working from home. Everyone kind of has to be an AV engineer now, you know? We're all kind of our own IT person and AV person these days, and so it's definitely a growing industry, but I think um, it's it's like any of the STEMs. You know, we see that young girls early on are very interested in math and sciences, and that declines when they hit middle school and declines even further as they get into the workforce, and a lot of that is kind of just either... Uh, very forward and active feedback or very passive feedback of uh, why are you here? Why are you in this space? Why would you want to do these things? Wouldn't you want to do something else? Um, and sometimes it's coming not from a place of hate, but those kinds of things can be very pervasive um, and we can internalize them. So I think uh, taking your time when you approach people and uh, considering that engineers come in all shapes and sizes and forms. And um, at the end of the day, we're all working to create a solution together. And so, you know, keep an open mind as you, as you interact, especially with new people. And, um, you talk to people about your industry, you know, you never know who's going to be interested in, in what they might bring to the table. Very well said. I, um, Victoria, I, I know that, um, you also have uh, a little bit of background in the arts or in, in music and so forth. And, and, um, so, so where does that come into play? Uh, you know, is that, is that something that, that, that might be a way to, um, to, to let um, younger women know or, or, or make, make the industry a little bit more appealing? Is, is that what we're facing or is it, or is it more of being more welcoming? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, my program in college was somewhat specialized and realistically I was one of two people that took the path I did and then one went way further into music production and then I, I'm over here in technical programming and development now. Um, I don't know if I would say my program would lead you here. I think I ended up very unconventionally ending up where I am, um, as everyone. But um, I actually think my college degree where I started with digital art, I would have ended up maybe in engineering or product development of some sort. That was really where I saw my life heading Where I, before I got this one oddball AV job that someone saw, oh, your college degree can connect to our programming. And then I just, I did installation, programming, designing, and moving on. Um, so I don't know if that would be the way per se, but I do think we need standardized education of some sort. Um, like Hope was saying, people don't know. Like I had no idea there was a whole AV programming design. Like it never occurred to me something ran the conference room, like super naive. Um, so really, I think awareness of the industry as well as standardized education would go a long ways. Because most of, from my experience and my path, most people I've encountered got into programming via, like they started an installation or that odd engineering something, or it's just like Caitlin and Hope are saying, you promote from inside. And so what are the jobs that you hire the most random people for? That's your install tech usually, or, um, and I don't think that there's a lot of women going into that. And I think that might be part of why we don't have as many female programmers. Um, and I, I see it. I mean, you have to put up a 50 pound, 100 pound display, right? You're probably not gonna hire a female to do that, just whether they are capable or not, I'm not saying that a female can't be, but if you can send two texts instead of three, why would you do that? It's a money game in my head. Um, but I think to me, that's a very large barrier to entry. 
that's fair. I, I, I can appreciate that as well. Uh, um, uh, Rich, I'll, I'll kind of wind back to you um, and, and just saying, you know, the... For, so, so we we've been we're at this for a while. Not not that not that that um, uh, our guests haven't been, but 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 uh, you know I think we've we've seen plenty of people come and go, and and I think one of the things that I look to is you know at this point is is mentorship and what and how how do we help people get better and how and and we talk about this a lot too that we're we're our our skills are may not be as sharp as as others that are are really in the trenches doing what we're doing. Um, but 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 what can we what what can we do to contribute more um, to to uh, to making to to kind of doing what uh, Victoria was saying, um, ma- making this uh, a, a an educational experience and 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 almost making it making the uh, it easier for somebody to get on board. You know, holding the 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 information that we have in our head isn't going to get us too far. Well, I, I mean, it's a two-pronged approach. There's there's the traditional approach we we're talking about, which is you know, Avixa, Cedia, our organizations, and and promoting it. And you know, Women in AV is a is a wonderful part of the organization, and, and I, I hope to see it continue to grow. I remember when it was in its infancy, and you know, I've I've attended several of the the Women in CE you know breakfasts, and and you know, been really really marvelled at the. Um, the technical chops, the firepower, the marketing firepower, you know, again, it's, it's yeah, gender bias is there. So let's start with that. Right. And in our industry, gender bias is going to be there. There's also minority bias. There's all kinds of other things that are going on in there. Um, from an advice standpoint, you know, and again, yeah, it's, you know, I'm in my fifties. I, I have, I always said I'm now at the later stage of my career than I'm at the beginning of my career. So there's a pertin there's a certain part of my career now, which is that reach one, teach one mentality right you know and and you know i don't necessarily know and i've said it from the beginning in the tech industry the computer science majors coming in aren't necessarily going to want to be in the av industry they're pushing towards the tech industry and in, in a different road which is great um because that is a a path that makes sense to them i've been taking a bit of a backwards approach which is i'm kind of starting earlier um you know like i said my wife's in education and so what's near and dear to my heart is what's called C- cte career technical education, which is the other side of the industry, which is coming in with people who are, aren't sure what they want to do. They maybe don't want a computer science degree, but they do have a background or some interest in melding the arts and engineering and communication and all of these things together that maybe isn't a traditional path that you're going to see in a four-year school. AV programming, you know, can you come back, come from a, a, a comp sci background and be a phenomenal AV programmer? Yes. Can you come from a non, I went to film school. <laughs> you know, and 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 be pretty darn good at what you do. And you know, I'm I'm not the hotshot out there that I used to be, but I, you know, I'm I, I I still got decent jobs, and you do too, right? We we all come from different points. But another part that I started with, and it was it was wonderful for me. My my wife was a career Girl Scout. She worked for the National Organization, and so a couple of months ago, my niece uh, joined her troop, has been part of her troop in Florida, and. It was an opportunity for the for them to interview me, and so I've gone into other schools at CTE and 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 talked to students, high schoolers, middle schoolers, and 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 you know I've always opened with the uh, the opening line of Have you guys ever seen a movie called Iron Man? They're like, Yeah, you like you know that Jarvis stuff. I'm like, It's real. People really do it, and I'm one of them. And people are like, Oh wow, that's really cool. And you start that interest. You take them to a different place than where they've been, which is. 
you know, again, right now, the traditional coding languages, you know, my kids are writing in Scratch, they're writing in Python, they're writing, in, I mean, these are 11 year olds, right? And they're doing all of it. But they also don't want to necessarily go work in a cubicle, you know, pounding out, you know, command line code every day. And so we've been taking the approach of saying there's really cool stuff out there you can do with technology. And it's not the traditional route necessarily. You can take it if it interests you. But here's some other cool ideas and building the excitement. And the only way you're going to draw younger generations in, male and female, is from that excitement style. When, you know, we always said that the custom installation industry, when we started out, you know, I started in 1989, 1990. Um, we all got into this industry because our bands weren't making it and we needed a day job. So, and it was, it was just rock and roll. And we were, you know, we'd get questions that people would ask us, can you do this? We're like, it hasn't been made yet, but we're going to make it. And, and it gave the opportunity for creativity for making something different that's your own. And our industry, because we've moved into this weird adolescence, we're kind of gangly right now as an industry in some respects. Like the commercial side, a little bit older, right? But but even on the resi side, which, you know, which is one of my specialties, right? We're just kind of gangly still and kind of don't know what we're doing as an industry. It leaves you the opening for that creativity, for that art, for that excitement, to, to express all the parts of yourself. And, and it starts with making the effort to evangelize how fun what we do is. And we forget sometimes because we're dealing with the struggles of projects, bias, you know, all the stuff like you were talking about before, like Victoria was saying, right? You know, and, and Caitlin was saying, they walk onto a job site and everybody ignores them. That wears you down, you know? And, and so you're like, so you've got two choices, right? You can either keep pushing against, pushing against and pushing against. And, and that's, you know, I mean, it, it's tough when you are a trailblazer because, again, you have to put those efforts in. Just on the other side, as a supporter and as an advocate or, like we say, as an upstander, right? As an upstander, you're, you're putting in double the effort. You're having to put in those efforts. But if you want something to pay off and if you want to get past just sitting around and having the conversations, you got to get through it. This generation of, of, of women programmers, women technicians, women engineers, they're phenomenal. You know, they absolutely have great stories. They are examples. I wish that I wasn't the one at these schools talking to these students. I shouldn't be the example, right? I'm a 50-something male. I'm not the, I shouldn't be that inspiration story. You know, am I a minority? Yes, absolutely. My first generation, all of these things. That is a story, but there are other stories that should be told. And that's where I think as an industry, you know, and again, women in AV, perfect example, Avixa, all the things that are coming through are focusing, you know, is it finding concrete ways to get away from, oh, well, if they're not coming through the comp sci path and we're not getting these college graduates that are coming through, we're not going to compete on the salary levels. We already know that. So get creative. And if we want to fill the industry, you find talented people, right? People with a spark because you can teach them um, and go from that that point. So, you know, how do we do it? Like I said, Girl Scout, uh, Girl Scout troops, um, you know, CTE pathways, middle schools, high schools. There's robotics clubs that are out there. You know, there are all of these places where the effort for somebody to see, hey, there's something other than working at some tech company 
and you can still get an engineering background huge I, I mean i wish i had something like that like i said you know as hope said and victoria and, and caitlin said they fell into it we're trying to find ways for people not to fall into it if they're going to fall into it then hopefully you're that that flashpoint where they go oh wow tell me more so you know i mean it it it, it it's 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 effort it and it is concrete effort and you know round tables are great but individuals at some point have to get in and, and, and i and i commend you know hope you know for what she's been doing with women avian and, and a lot of the others that are uh that are there and you know they're trailblazers and they they're, they're they're doing the heavy lifting right now so it's our job as industry statesmen <laughs> to promote it as much as possible i i i agree with you certainly there and those are really great tips i, I think that that those are some things that we can run with um I, I'll shift gears a little bit because I, I want to get everyone's take on on some of, of where you think things are headed in the future. Is you know in, in the the realm of AV programming, and I want to um, make sure we we capture some of your perspectives there as well. Um, you know, we we talk a lot about on this show uh, how. The, there, there's a little bit of, uh, and, and I think we could all unite around this, is there, there's, uh, the, we, we've um, gotten, uh, programmers can, can be considered uh, uh, not, not as much a need to have, but, but also sometimes a, uh, a, 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 a cost, let's say, or, or something that, is, that, that can be um, overlooked. And so we, we really try to justify and, and validate and, and clarify how, how programmers also contribute to the industry outside of just writing code because you know, we, we all know systems are getting simpler and, and we all, um, uh, we're, we're all facing that, that rise of, of more of the out-of-the-box solutions. So you know, Hope, what, what, um, what, what's something that you can share in terms of uh, you know, what, what, do, what do you do and what, what do AV programmers bring to the table that, that may, maybe somebody doesn't necessarily know? Um, I would just like to add something on to what Rich said first, if that's all right, which is um, I don't think we're going to get more women until we get to the point where there's enough women where everyone feels comfortable. Um, I have a, I know a lot of women who have left the industry because they got tired of being the only woman in the room. And for me, I'm kind of bullheaded. So if I was the only woman in the room and people were disrespecting me, I was going to show them that I was going to finish whatever faster. You know, I went to my first training class and you're supposed to make the lights turn on and nobody talked to me. Like literally people did not make eye contact with me until my lights went on, you know, five minutes before everybody else's. And then all of a sudden it was like respect. And you shouldn't have to be five times faster than other people. You should be... You should be able to be comfortably mediocre and have people still take you seriously. Um, and that's not something that I have felt in our industry. You really kind of have to be exceptional um, in order for, to just get some respect. And I honestly, I'm tired of it. <laughs> so I think that we as an industry really need to take a hard look at the mirror about how we treat women who we see as technical. Um, and we need to do some serious recruiting or we're never going to get above, you know, 15% female attendance at events because the, a lot of people walk into a room, they see that it's just a sea of old white dudes and blue polo shirts. And they're like, this is not for me. And they walk back out again, you know, and some of my favorite friends are old white dudes wearing blue polo shirts. It's nothing against them. It's just, it's not a welcoming atmosphere. Uh, and so we need to get to that tipping point where women walk in and go, this place is for me. And that's how we're going to get more women into the industry. 
in terms of uh, female or just sort of programming in general, that's definitely something that I think a lot about because um, custom code is down what like 40% every year. So you know I'm a I'm a Crestron certified programmer, and that's a job right now that is very high in demand. But is it going to be in demand in 10 years? I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't tell my 22 year old self necessarily to get into custom programming at least not on the integration side. Um, but I think there is a place for someone who has that mindset because um, you're someone who can look at a whole system and figure out how all the pieces work together and that's uh, a very valuable skill. Um, we're usually very good at troubleshooting because the first thing someone blames is the programming. Um, and you generally have to be very good at sort of the IT stuff, networking and security because um, not all of us have the, you know, the uh, benefit of a shop that'll set things up for us. So a lot of times we go on site and we're setting up our own equipment ourselves. Um, so we're, you know, we're good at a lot of different pieces of that system. I, I appreciate what you're saying there. I, um, Caitlin, I, you know, I know one of the things that you work on at QSC is, is involved, um, is kind of software development side of things. And, and where, where does that come into the equation? Is that, is that really where things are headed? Do you, is that something that, that you would recommend, um, a, a focus be put on? Um, be, because we're, one of the things that, that we just, as Hope mentioned, the, you know, the, we kind of have to look at what, what, what does the future hold? Because we, we have that know-how, as she mentioned, and we, and we have a lot of these skills. We just have to figure out where, where does the, the, that skill meet the opportunity? Yeah, I definitely think that the, um, the future is software, you know, especially as people are becoming more their own owners of their systems, whether it's locally in their homes or people are consolidating the integrator and the IT person because it makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, and people want fewer hardware pieces, fewer, you know, um, fewer breakpoints, fewer failure points in their systems. And that means uh, better software, more robust software. Um, I definitely think that software skills are a great investment for anyone coming into the industry. Um, and I think women in particular in software are really, um, it's a real prime time for them because women are fantastic communicators. You know, even outside of the professional world, women are often the matriarchs of their family. They're the ones that are maintaining the social relationships like um, within the family and outside, you know, with friends and things like that. And um, when, when you talk about, you know, one person kind of owning all these large complex systems and having to communicate with a client and being able to speak to them and meet them on their level while also having that technical know-how. I think women who can communicate those things are just going to excel. And so I think with the future being software focused, um, you know, women are problem solvers. And I think um, getting into this industry, it, it could be really great for them, like where the industry is going. Um, and I, I really look forward to that. And I really hope we can pull more women in and kind of back to the points that Rich and Hope are making, you know, I think these conversations can feel a little scary to men, especially men who have been used to things being the way that they are for a very long time. But at the end of the day, you're our biggest champions, you know, like nothing's going to change unless men are willing for it to change and, and ready for it to change. And so you know, um, if you're feeling nervous about changes, maybe, maybe just take a beat and remember, like, we're here to work with you, not against you. And we just want, we just want to help you take that product to the finish line as well. Um, and I think especially as we get deeper into a more software based industry, we're working in code bases together. We're working in multiple languages. We're, you know, 
working in layers that aren't as visible to customers, um, being able to have the, uh, the ability to work with others who maybe don't think or look like you and uh, being able to communicate and bridge those gaps are going to be very valuable skills in this industry. Uh, I'm going to uh, tag on to what you said and, and uh, ask, ask Victoria, you know, I think those were really great points and, and there, there's a lot to be said for being able to play into the strengths and there are certain natural strengths that, that women have and, and there's also cer- certain things that are, are really un, um, under-recognized about, you know, the, the roles that um, are both played by men and women, you know, with, with regard to programming. But I think, you know, women in particular can look at things a little bit differently. Can, can you speak to that a little bit uh, from, from your experience, how maybe you've, uh, you, you, you've approached a situation or a problem um, that, uh, differently than somebody else might have? Certainly. And I honestly, I, for the longest time, have felt like I solve things different because I'm more of an artist and musician first than I am a programmer, but I now work on a full team where most of them came from an art or music background, and I still think differently. <laughs> um, so recently going, like, something super small. Some um, Recently we were all working on binary clocks in the office, just a training thing, right? To see who can do it, who looks the coolest. Um, there was approaches to do this more mathematically and do an equation, and I need to convert this, and then my thought process was, okay, well, let's just do a little lookup table and we run through our array (laughs) and we just were on or off and here's our lookup table. And so that's the most recent um, example. And I didn't think I was doing anything majorly different until someone said, no one else thought of it like this. This is really interesting. Um, So that's very much programming side, but um, I think it carries over to equipment and design as well. Like programmers... Programmers in AV can go anywhere. Like you guys were all saying, they touch every little bit. They can go into design, they can go into sales, they can go into literally anything from there. Um, and so there's problem solving on all aspects. So maybe thinking about how the equipment configures together differently, being on site and um, hope it sounds like you have very similar experience possibly. Being on site and you have your equipment and someone says, oh, well, I asked for this functionality it's not here and then you're looking at it okay here's my puzzle pieces and then okay well maybe if i plug this here and move this here and we do this and suddenly you've added functionality same equipment um and it's a different design but i think in those regards like there's so many ways to solve every problem right um i think we all have our own unique way that, that makes great sense i um, well, as we wrap up, I just want to get a last word from everybody just about, you know, is, is there something that, um, you would recommend, um, and I'll, I'll start with hope somebody who, you know, to, to, to somebody who may be listening or may, or may, um, be recommended to listen to this, to, um, get, get to where you are and, you know, what, what, what's, what's maybe one, one or two, uh, tips that you can give them. Um, All right. So my first one would just be um, to believe in yourself and to look at the skills and qualifications that you have as uh, assets that you are bestowing on the industry versus trying to find someone who will have you. Um, I think a lot of women tend not to um, be their own champion. And so I think if you wanted to get into a lot more high level stuff, you have to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm good at this. And, uh, any company would be lucky to have me. 
Um, and uh, the other one would just be to um, get as many certifications as possible um, just in terms, and it's, I hate that it's gatekeeping like that, but the thing for me that has really helped me when, you know, I call up tech support and they're giving me terrible answers and it's like, you're being condescending and also I know you're wrong, um, is I say, I'm a Crestron certified programmer. I know how this works. Can you please escalate my case or something like that? And you shouldn't have to do that, but it is kind of, it's helpful. So, um, you know, the Crestron certification is very hard now, so I'm not saying, like, just go out and get one for funsies, but, you know, if you can get your CTSD, that's also very hard, but, um, you know, that, and like I said, you shouldn't have to do it, but it, it does help. That's fair. Caitlin, uh, any, anything that you would recommend for somebody that is looking to get to where you're at and uh, you know, needs a little bit of, of motiva motivation or inspiration? Yeah, I think similar to what Hope said, um, especially for women, don't let people make you think that your passion is a bad thing. You know, women are often told you're speaking too loudly or why are you being pushy? You're acting hysterical. We use very specific coded language for women and those women will internalize that and think, oh, well, you know, if, if someone disagreed with my point, then I'm just going to defer. And just remember, you know what you're talking about. You know what you're saying. You know your chops. You know your stuff. Um, and what you have to say is valuable. And I think, um, you know, women, one of the thing, one of the things that this industry could use a lot less of is ego, <laughs> quite frankly, you know, we could do a lot less of, look, I did this in X number of lines when you did an X number of lines and a lot more of, Hey, does this make sense? Can you read it? Would you be able to maintain it if I left it with you? Um, and does it work? Um, and I think that, uh, that's the that's the other side of that sword for women is don't let people stifle your passion and also remember that that humbleness is a great strength in this industry because at the end of the day you're just going to work towards the best solution not you know what what you're clinging to you know from a biased perspective of uh, i made this and i think it's the best so don't second guess yourself as much as you might be inclined to and uh, trust that you know that what you're doing and you belong in those spaces and those spaces are for you even if the uh the outlook of them haven't caught up yet you know you you're meant to be there and uh victoria um, anything that you could add that would um help somebody who is struggling or may, may be fa facing some some obstacles that are stand in the way of, of them getting to the place that you've gotten to? Certainly, I second everything you guys said, and that kind of summarizes my first point of what was on my mind. But secondly, accept the help when it is there. So there is a lot of bias, right? But there's also a lot of people fighting for minorities and women. I have the great pleasure of working on a team that get offended by an email before I do. I'm like, oh, you don't know, like that, that, that's okay. That one's okay, I promise. And like, but that is not okay. And so I have a team that fights for me and um, at both companies I've worked at, I have always had at least one colleague that says, she's the engineer to help you out. She's the programmer to help you out. She's got the info, I've got nothing. I'm just doing the wires um, or just good support. Accept it when it's there and don't be too prideful to say, oh, I've got this, I can, I can make my path. I can be strong. Like you can be strong with support from others. And that's what makes you stronger. And, and that's great tip and a good, good place to wrap this one up. And, and I thank you guys so much for, for sharing your insight and being, being part of this. And, and I, I, I personally got a lot from this conversation and I, I know that others will as well. Um, 
I, I'd like to thank you guys for be for joining us and, and give you the opportunity to share where uh, people can reach you. So first off, uh, Hope Roth from Reardon Brothers, thanks for being here. How can people get in touch with you, learn more about Reardon Brothers? Uh, we are a very small integration company out of Boston, but we actually um, will also do custom code for other companies. So if you need a API and all that, we, we've done that for other integrators as well. Um, so anyone who's looking for that, definitely uh, reardonbrothers.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter with um, the name of my failed album. Like you, Rich, I wanted to be a rock star. Uh, it's at beer and pie, um, which I guess is on streaming services too, if you want to <laughs> listen to it. And then I'm on LinkedIn as well. Check that out. Thanks. Uh, uh, Caitlin Sullivan from QSC. How can people get in touch with you? Learn more about QSC. I'm also on LinkedIn. Feel free to find me on there, though it, responses may be delayed. I'm terrible at social media. Um, QSC has also launched QSC Communities website, which is a great forum for integrators and programmers alike to um, share things. Control Concepts, very active there. Um, I'm, I work with Control Concepts quite a bit, actually. Um, so check out Communities. Um, hopefully you'll see me at trade shows sometime in the future. Um, and like everyone else on this phone call, I also do music. So I will definitely be checking out Hope's uh, Spotify and, and whatnot. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And uh, Victoria Grubb from Control Concepts. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about Control Concepts? Yep, the best place to find me is LinkedIn. You can find me via Control Concepts website or their LinkedIn page if you can't find me, but it's just Victoria Grupp. Uh, and thank you for having me today. It's been a lot of fun and a great conversation. Thank you for being here. And uh, Rich, any uh, final words and let everyone know how they can reach you if they don't already know. Don't listen to me and listen to these these great programmers and, and engineers. Uh, you know, But if you do want to listen to me or if you do want to find me on social media, um, you can go ahead and contact me. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at rfragosa. You can type my name into the interwebs. But first and foremost, as I always say, the place I hope you find me is here on avnation.tv in our suite of shows with my partner here, Steve. Got all of the other verticals, uh, Resi Week, AV Week, and so many to count. And uh, as Steve and I are in our countdown to 100, hopefully you will check us uh, and I think Hope might have come up with the name for our shows, so it may not be, <laughs> you know, it's got the right punch to it. But notice I'm actually not wearing a polo shirt, so I, I, I have eschewed the polo shirts many decades ago. <laughs> very nice, very nice. And as Rich said, uh, please, please check out this show and, and all of the shows. Um, uh, there's there's tons of great information and, and there's always more being added to the lineup. Uh, there's weeklies and monthlies uh, at avnation.tv. Um, while you're there, also check out the supporters who help to make these and other program, other shows on this network possible. Um, so uh, please thank them as well. Um, for me, you could reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, um, um, LinkedIn and Twitter, probably where I spend the most uh, majority of my time. Um, and as uh, Victoria said, Control Concepts can be found at controlconcepts.net and glad to see you there. And uh, I also have a another uh, podcast that I am involved with that, that I'd like to share, being that we just are approaching a year doing it, and it's called Ask the Programmer. So if it's uh, something that you uh, are interested in, love to hear what you think of it. Uh, it's it's a, it's a, a, a 
show that covers uh, a lot of topical um, questions about related to programming and and uh, the programming industry and programmers in general. So we we'll look forward to seeing you there. Um, and uh, Rich and I, as uh, he said, we're, are approaching uh, episode 100, and we look forward to doing uh, something special for that. And, and it also marks that we're probably doing this over eight years, so it's pretty cool. And uh, please uh, share this show and, um, and and help us to get it out to other people, as well as give us some feedback and a rating review. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and that's all we have for today. And this has been The State of Control. Thank you.